Parking Podcast is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association for professionals in parking, mobility, and transportation. Learn more at parking-mobility.org. Hello, and welcome to the Parking Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the $100 billion parking industry and the people that make it go. I'm your host, Isaiah Mao, and this is the Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Welcome back to another episode of the Parking Podcast. With us today is Jeremy Zucker, co-founder of Where I Park. How are you doing today, Jeremy? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for having me, Isaiah. Yeah. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, man. I got a brother named Jeremy, so I love that name. So let's just jump right into it. Tell us about Where I Park. So what is Where I Park? Yeah, for sure. Where I Park is a marketplace for monthly parking. So we work with real estate partners across North America to represent their excess capacity in parking. And the other side of our marketplace, we work with consumers and other users of monthly parking. So we have fleet owners and companies who have you know, bulk parking for their employees. And then our platform, which is at whereipark.com, manages all the administrative, administrative aspects of, uh, of monthly parking. So that's payments and customer support, you know, all the kinds of things like that, deposit management, for example. Yeah, and I uh, maybe jump ahead of myself, but you know, with COVID, a lot of uh, the fleets, rental fleets, and different things aren't out there driving around. They're stored somewhere, so a lot of people don't think about that. But a rental agency has more cars than they can park because you know half of them are always out in the streets. So it's it's we'll get to that in a second, but I think it's a perfect solution for the times that we're living in. So tell us about the vision. Was that a result of of that? Was this a result of COVID and all this extra? land and cars not parking in downtown parking garage. Is that how you came up with that? Or was the genesis of where I park before that? So COVID's had a, had a really interesting impact on, on the monthly parking business, but we, we actually have been working at it for, uh, for about seven years. So we started before COVID, before wow. we, you know, we think about COVID at all. And the genesis was really, you know, my, my business partner and co-founder and I were thinking about the industry and efficiency and, you know, had, had some personal experience around trying to find monthly parking in urban centers. And, uh, you know, in one case, my business partner said, you know, I'm just going to go online and I'll, I'll handle it online after having walked around the area he was interested in and found that it really didn't exist to the extent that it should online. And we thought, you know, as tech entrepreneurs, uh, there really should be a platform to help people book monthly parking more easily and in a seamless way. So we set out to build something that, that really did that. So that was really the genesis. As we got started, we, we started working with, with different kinds of supply and we really focused in on the multifamily industry where we had apartment buildings that we found even in, in really urban areas where parking was a real premium, a lot of these buildings had lots of empty parking spaces. And initially we, Actually, we're contacted by a large telecom company who was looking for spaces in, you know, in a, in a particular area of, of the city in, in, uh, in Toronto, where it's very busy and parking is really expensive. And so we were looking around and we ended up coming across this apartment building that had uh, a whole floor of empty parking. So we ended up helping, helping them, you know, put this deal together. The, uh, you know, the owner of the building was a little hesitant at first because, you know, they thought, there's going to be all this extra administration. And we said, you know, we'll, we'll take care of all of that. You don't have to worry about anything. 
as far as you know, checking for security and administration. Our 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 team and our platform will manage all of that, and we'll just send you a check every month. And so they really like that. But we we came to find, you know, after now a few years of, of focusing on that industry, is that we're able to generate you know, significant extra revenue for these buildings. And you know, they look at that, and it's from from a from the perspective of managing their assets and, and driving additional yield. Um, this ancillary revenue can be can be meaningful. And most of it just falls to the bottom line for these buildings because, you know, ultimately they have a, a piece of concrete that's not being used. And if we can find a way for them to monetize it and optimize their asset, then you know, it helps them create a better return and more value for their properties. Yeah, you know, you don't think about that. You think if I'm a business downtown, I'm going to reach out to the municipal parking locations or, or authority to to talk about monthly parking for your business, but there's so many private parking lots or hotels that if, if that sit empty half the year or throughout the year that could take on transient monthly parkers, you know, or vice versa. There's hotels that need parking and next door there's there's municipal parking lots that are empty. So it's getting out of this mindset that you can only park in this type of garage because Parking's parking, space is space, and if you can house them, I think it makes sense. You're kind of like that Amazon that can connect all these, uh, all these different parking structures or parking verticals to meet the needs of anyone that needs monthly parking. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, early on we had this vision in our minds. I can still see it. Just talking about it is, you think about the the commercial office tower. Which, uh, which is right next to, in some cases, uh, residential towers. And on the weekends and in the evenings, those parking spaces in the residential tower are full because everybody's home. And during business hours, everybody would you know, go down to the garage, get in their car, and drive to the commercial towers. And then those parking lots would be full, but the rest of the time they were empty. So we really were thinking about it. And some of our early documentation was really thinking about how do we make this efficient so that you really only, in that case, you only need one garage. You don't need two garages that sit empty half the time. And so a lot of what we've thought about in our platform is, is just sharing information so that it can be efficient. And you're right. There's, there's parking in all kinds of different places. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's a matter of ensuring that the right people have the right information so they know where to go. And, and these assets can be utilized efficiently. Yeah, that's. I really like how you put that. There's a a church in my hometown that like different religions maybe worship on different days. Like I think one is a seventh day at Venice. They like, they meet and gather on a Saturday and then there's like a, a Lutheran church that meets on a Sunday and the church just decided to kind of join forces. So they both share a building. Maybe one leases it from the other. So on Saturdays, one can meet, and on Sundays, the other meet, and their costs are split in half. And I, I know I'm, I'm <laughs> I know I'm, uh, but it just reminded me kind of what you're talking about. It makes sense to use the space most effectively. And you, yeah. you actually write, uh, and I've read a lot of your your writings and great stuff. And one you talked about was this um, this concept of getting something for nothing. I think is how you put it. You know, and parking, we love, we only sell daily rates or a monthly rate a lot of times traditionally. So 
But now with, you know, with COVID and people working from home some days, coming to the office, they we're look I think consumers are looking for more of a a flexible strategy, you know, shared uh, space sharing where or flex permits where they can park some days and not others. And we've never thought about it because again, we like, well, you can buy a monthly pass because we like that they don't show up three days a week because then we can resell that, that getting something for nothing. But talk a little bit about that. We're probably as owners and operators are going to have to change that moving forward. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Isaiah. I mean, I think I think the market throughout COVID has certainly changed. And I think a lot of owners and operators are thinking about what strategies they can use to, to bring in revenue and to be more flexible. You know, the key, I think, is flexibility. And especially now, there's a lot, there's a lot more tools, a lot more you know, software and technology tools that allow for a more sophisticated offering than just a very simple monthly rate or an hourly rate or daily rate. So we've seen some really interesting things. We've seen, for example, people being able to buy passes that give them a certain number of days in a month. So you could buy five days of parking per month. So that would be like a monthly pass that may renew every month and you're, you're allowed to use it up for up to five times for five days worth. So that's one interesting thing. One thing that we see um, quite a lot, uh, especially as businesses are opening up is, is people sharing spaces. So, you know, taking your traditional single parker for a single space and having that single space, but having two parkers or even three parkers that are associated with it. And sometimes they work that out between them that, you know, somebody's using it Monday, Tuesday, and someone else may be using it Thursday, Friday, for example. So we've definitely seen a lot of that. We've seen, we've seen companies want to rent 10 spaces in a scenario where historically, maybe they would have rented 20 spaces because they have 20 employees. Now they want to take 10, but they want their 20 employees to be able to use them to, to accommodate a more flexible work schedule. Um, so there's, there's definitely a lot of that happening. And I think, I think the key, like I said, is really flexibility. And, I, and ultimately, that will probably result in a better performance for the, for the garage operator. You know, we, we've, always, we've always thought about these scenarios where, you know, if there's empty space, first thing that we want to do is rent it out as quick as possible, as quickly as possible. Because we found that if, you know, if we, and, and a lot of that speaks to price. And this is where you can get into flexibility. And, and some people may say that flexibility is, you know, is ultimately selling for a lower price. For example, if you're allowing someone to, you know, buy a monthly pass, but, but not use it as much as they historically would have. So when we've, when we've thought about these, these garages with empty spaces, we, um, we really, you know, we've said to them, if, if you go in at a certain price, it may take a few months to rent out some of the space. But if you go in with a, a more um, aggressive price and offer better value, even though you might say have a 10% lower price than, than you may have thought about initially, um, the fact that you can rent out your spaces right away and start to bring in revenue will, will more than offset that. And then maybe once you have, you know, a higher utilization rate, the price can come can start to come up a little bit based on how much availability is left. So I think that really applies in this in this scenario with being flexible. And you know, a lot of a lot of garage owners and operators, I think, are are smart to, to try to do what they can to rent out their spaces and generate revenue in in whatever market circumstances they're in. In some cases, you know, we think coming 
coming out of COVID, there will be relatively strong demand. And a lot of that has to do with the number of people that are driving in to work. So, you know, even though, even though some people may stay home and work from home more than they historically did, or even work home, work from home for part of the week, what we're seeing is that many more people when they do go to work are driving versus taking public transit because they feel safer doing that. And, you know, we've heard that from lots and lots of people. And so ultimately the, the demand for parking may end up being even stronger than it was. That's crazy. So many yeah. That's crazy. Think about it. And also kind of almost reminds me of what you're talking about with what a price line on Orbis does with the hotel industry. Cause it's, it's nothing worse than that space being empty or hotels rooms being empty. So they, I know they do more of a lease to these, these companies who then at a discounted rate and then they put the people in there, but it's yeah, important it's just, to keep those spaces yeah. occupied because it's money's money, you know? Yeah. And then talk about like, uh, I've read some different really impressive case studies. You know, I think we've seen the one with, uh, I can't remember, it was a football stadium, hotels, you know, they partnered with with a rental car company to put their fleet vehicle in the empty stadium lot. But you've done yeah. some really cool ones, maybe parking a, a construction group in a university garage or, or just t- tell some about the interesting ones where you use different verticals, whether it be hotels, airports, hospitals, municipal, class A parking structures to park groups other than they would traditionally park. Yeah, for sure. We've seen, we've seen some really interesting opportunities and, and a lot of creative uses of, you know, of parking lots. Um, so the one you referenced is uh, in Northern California, there was a, a construction group doing work uh, right near this university. And so we ended up being able to find them a lot of parking space at the university. This was, this was during COVID. And so the university was, you know, was, was pretty empty as far as their parking lots. So we were to put that together and this construction company has continued to, to stay there for quite a long time. And for the university, it's been great because they're, you know, their ancillary revenue from things like parking has dramatically declined through COVID. And so they're, you know, they're thrilled to be able to generate revenue from this kind of arrangement. We have groups that, that are in, you know, churches, you were talking about churches before and, and utilizing space. And it's a, it's a great case study because they, they don't really need their parking during the week, you know, like they typically use it on the weekends. So we've had, we've had groups that only need it during the week. Construction is a great example for that. And, uh, you know, that's one thing we've done. When, when COVID first hit, there was kind of this, this frantic uh, need for parking from all the rental companies. You know, one of the things that, that, uh, that you mentioned before is that, you know, most of the time, you know, before COVID, the, the rental fleets were rented, so they were out. So, you know, an airport, a big airport might have 70,000 rental vehicles stationed out of the airport that at any given time, there might only be 20,000 or less that are actually at the airport, so the rest are rented out. So when all of those vehicles came back right at the beginning of COVID hit North America, they literally had no place to put them. And the last thing they wanted to do was park them at the airport because the rates are so expensive at the airport. In a lot of cases, the rates didn't change at the airport despite what was happening. So they were frantically looking for spaces. So we helped a number of rental companies at that time. And it was, it was pretty exciting to be creative and figure out who we could work with. And that's when you saw, um, like you mentioned, stadiums that had no, you know, no events going on, but completely full parking lots. And we actually worked with a number of hotels at that point. Because a lot of these airports, uh, you know, they have hotels near them. The hotels were 
empty and had extra extra parking. So we were able to help the rental agencies park at the hotels, which is also convenient because they're so close. You don't think about it much, but if you have, if you all of a sudden have to move 5,000 cars somewhere, uh, you know, it actually takes a lot of logistics. I mean, you need, someone has to actually drive those cars. And so the closer you are, the better, because it can take a long time or, or a lot of people to, to move 5,000 cars to another part of the city on short notice. Wow. And I love the, you're right. You know, if churches are meeting on Sundays, construction workers work Monday through Fridays, that's just a match made in heaven to, to lease that parking to a construction company if I'm a church owner. So that's where your company comes into play, bridging that gap. That's really cool. Have you ever parked things other than cars? You know, like maybe someone had big semi trucks or boats or, or has it traditionally been vehicles? Because if I'm an owner, it doesn't matter. Someone's going to pay me as long as the permitting and license is okay to put that on my my real estate. That's something that I would want to do. We 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 focus on on passenger vehicles. Uh, we do get some interesting inquiries, but you know, our, most of our focus is on urban urban centers throughout North America. Um, so we we really focus on passenger vehicles. We, we've definitely had people ask us about food trucks. Uh, you know interesting kind of stalls they'd like to put in parking lots on the street for you know for vending all kinds of things storage you know those kinds of things there's there's definitely a market out there for it it's, it's really not something that we focused on now yeah i was reading some of your reviews and you know one guy mentioned he had a bunch of classic cars and needed somewhere to store them and came across your service and now he has his classic cars parked somewhere monthly in a safe environment so i thought it's pretty cool all the different things that the like you said the inquiries you get so it's not just maybe a traditional 8 to 5 monthly parker that needs your service it could be someone needing uh to you know for example i really want a boat but i live in an hoa that has rules you can't park a boat in your driveway or uh, has to be covered in a garage and i don't have room in my garage um so i'll have to dock it but or i the docking's pretty expensive, three hundred dollars a month. I could, you know, use your service to find a place to to house my boat. I don't know if that makes sense. What I'm saying, I don't know if you do. Uh, again, other things other than passenger cars, but it made me think of you guys. Yeah, we we definitely have a lot of people storing storing different collections. Uh, so you mentioned antique cars. Uh, you know, some some people have you know huge collections and they want a safe place to put them. Our team gets a real kick out of when somebody's got a fleet of exotic cars. So we've had people who, you know, they rent out their cars through peer-to-peer rental services and they have to store them somewhere. So, I mean, and, you know, so they have, you know, all kinds of really interesting cars. They have, you know, we've seen people with Ferraris, Lamborghinis, et cetera. And the team always gets a kick out of that. You know, we had one owner in, in Seattle, I believe, where he had a fleet of these kinds of cars. He had a fleet of you know, Ferraris and Lamborghinis. I think he had, 10 or 12 of them. And he had actually been parking them on the street. So you can imagine, you know, and, and I guess some incident happened. And so he really wanted to find a secure place to put all these cars. So there's, there's really interesting you know, fleets out there. And, and what we can do is find a secure place. And it works for everyone. It works for the buildings. They've got a new revenue source. And then these individuals have a, a safe place to put all their cars. Yeah, it's interesting because you get the inquiries of, of car owner, you know, people that are 
driving, looking for that monthly parking. And then you get the inquiries from the asset owners, real estate owners, value partners that are have the space. Is that correct? So you're kind of balancing the different inquiries and matching people. Is that how you, you look at it? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's really a marketplace. And so we, we definitely have, we definitely have, you know, inquiries on both sides of the marketplace on what we, we call a supply side and the demand side and our platform connects everything together. So, you know, in, in some cases, if it's an individual looking for a parking space, a lot of that through our system is, is automated when it's, when it turns into bigger groups and the, and the same thing would go with, you know, adding buildings to our platform. But if you think about a group, even a, a moderately sized group of, of 20 parkers, if they're paying $200 a month per space, you know, you can see how, you know, pretty easily you can be spending 4,000 a month. And then if it's a company, they're going to be signing up for a year or maybe longer. So all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't take much for even a smaller group to be looking at something like 50,000 a year. And so if, if they're going to be paying that much, they're unlikely to just make a purchase online. So that's where our team comes in in working with groups and, uh, you know, helps them understand exactly what they're, what they're going to be getting and the characteristics of that garage and how everything works. But we certainly have to manage both sides of the market and try where we can to make things as fast and efficient as possible so that everyone has a great experience. Really neat. And, and do you work with like private, uh, real estate, you know, I own a house downtown. I have a one spot and I'm not using it. Is that something where I can list that in the supply to, to sublet or to sell, or is it more working with bigger garages, if that makes sense? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, when we, when we first started thinking about the business, we, we thought about that and we said, oh, yeah, individuals have a single spot or a couple spots could list. And, and I think there, uh, there are a lot of scenarios like that, we decided that we'd really focus on more like commercial type supply. So we really only work with buildings where they have, you know, many spaces. So they may have, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 or 50, some, some cases over a hundred spaces available. Now, even though they're not traditional garages all the time, they're, you know, they're parts of, of buildings where there may not be a traditional operator. We, we really only work with commercial type suppliers. Yes. Is it anywhere in North America? If I have a, a hotel garage in Wichita, Kansas, and I'm interested in working with you all to help put cars in my garage, is that fair game? Or is there certain markets that are you trying to stay in the bigger markets or pretty much anywhere where there's demand, you'll help solve the supply? Yeah. Any, anywhere where there's demand, we're, you know, we're happy to work with, um, work with partners across North America. Uh, you know, we've, we've really focused on the urban centers because that's where the most demand for parking is. And that's where you get scenarios where, uh, you know, where it's, it, it can be particularly pre-COVID, but we think it actually might get even worse going forward. It, it can be really challenging to find a monthly parking space and it can be really expensive. So by bringing in some new supply and new options, we've, we've been able to help a lot of companies, a lot of individuals find their spot. You know, in some cases we have, you know, we have a, an inquiry and we, from a, from a group, for example, and they know exactly the building where they want parking and we have it listed and we have space and that's fairly straightforward. 
in other cases, we we end up acting like a like our concierge, really, in that we know a group will contact contact us and ask for a particular location, and if we don't have it, you know, we have a network of real estate partners across North America who may have something available. So we may be working with one ownership group at 30 of their buildings and we got an inquiry somewhere else where they have a different building, which we don't happen to have listed, but you know, we can make the introduction and help out that, that group that needs parking there. And Jeremy, what about, you know, you think about the future with autonomous vehicles on the horizon or, or a lot of EV charging. Are you guys starting to think ahead of how you can help bridge that gap with, with your solutions? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. We, we have thought about it. I mean, going back to just our, you know, one of the principles that we think about is the, the information exchange. So as EV vehicles become more prevalent and the need for charging is there and autonomous vehicles, you know, eventually are more prevalent, um, you know, information uh, is really important. So we think with our network of garages, there's, there's going to be some really interesting opportunities around, you know, providing things like charging or even, you know, places for vehicles to wait to be cleaned, for example. So with our network of garages and, and always thinking about efficiency of the space, we have thought about it. We think it's still a little ways out, but definitely the EV vehicles are coming quickly. And so the idea that you have different places around the city where vehicles can go in and you know either charge in the case of an EV vehicle, EV vehicle or in the case of an autonomous vehicle, it can not only be charged, but you know, it can go in there and can, can wait you know, these vehicles have to be cleaned depending on the situation, you know, so we think there's definitely going to be a lot of use cases for, uh, for garages that are positioned in the right place. If they can accept these kinds of vehicles to, you know, to perform whatever service needs to be performed in a, in a convenient location. Yeah. And I, it's really cool. You guys are thinking that way. Awesome. And so how, like I said, if, if someone is interested What's the best steps to reach out? Is it a website, an app? How, how do people get going with you guys? Yeah, so everything everything happens on our website um, at whereipark.com. You can book a parking space right off there. You can fill out a form and connect with us if you have if you have you know, property that you're interested in having participate um, or if you just have questions. Everything's available at whereipark.com. Very nice. And I'll put that... Uh, website in the show notes because I highly encourage it doesn't matter if you have a municipal garage, hotel, airport, if if you're not maximized, if you're not full every day, I highly encourage you to reach out to these folks. I've heard some great testimonials. Uh, they'll do you right. So Jeremy, when you're not parking cars all across North America, what do you like to do for fun? Uh, oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I you know I have three little boys and you know I love spending time with them. We love to be outdoors. My wife is also an entrepreneur, so we have the flexibility of, of both being entrepreneurs and, and the you know the ups and downs of that. But you know, you you'd probably find me playing with the kids in the backyard. If it's in the winter, we might be making a, a backyard skating rink or summer, you know, biking around the neighborhood. How old are your kids? They are six, eight, and ten. Oh man, that's a fun age. So mine are twelve and ten, so a little little ahead of you there, but only two, so similar. Well, Jeremy, man, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Appreciate you taking the time just to talk about your solutions and then also some best practices such as you know, shared parking, flexible parking, things that are definitely going to impact us as we begin to 
reopen. And like you said, more people are going to be parking, uh, excuse me, more people are going to be driving downtown than transit possibly because of fear of uh, germs and being in crowded spaces. So very interested, encouraging, and appreciate talking about your solutions. Have a great week. All right. Thank you so much. Really pleasure to, to chat with you, Isaiah. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Parking Podcast. Please leave us a review and tell a friend about our show. It would mean a lot. This has been a production of Synchronicity Media, produced by me, Isaiah Mao. Our music and score is by Zona. Our show art and design is by the talented Allison Gilly. You can follow us on social media at The Parking Podcast, or you can find our website with bonus content at parkingcast.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker Solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks, and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker Solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcasts. Are you interested in your parking organization becoming APO, Accredited Parking Organization Certified through the International Parking and Mobility Institute? Or perhaps you're interested in one of your green garages becoming ParkSmart Certified through USGBC? Well, the Parking Podcast is here to help. Our Parking Accreditations Consultants Network will ensure you are matched with the best site reviewer or green garage assessor available for a fraction of the price. Learn more at parkingcast.com consulting. This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, publishers of the industry's only soup-to-nuts textbook about all things parking. It's called A Guide to Parking, and several of our guests from previous episodes have contributed to this wonderful little textbook. Learn more and order your own copy at parking-mobility.org textbook.